Well, today we're going to conclude our series called Pass It On. All of us stand on the shoulders of the generation that came before us. I believe that each new generation should surpass the previous generation. And the reason why I believe that is because they have a better starting place. The fact of the matter is they are starting where the previous generation finished. I believe that it is our responsibility to pass on to the generation coming behind us what was passed on to us and what we have done with what has been passed on to us. I want to get started this morning by reading a couple of scriptures, the ones that we have been using uh, for this series. And, and the first one is in 2 Timothy chapter number 2. 2 Timothy chapter number 2, it's, it's the Apostle Paul writing to uh, a young man named Timothy who he is mentoring in, in ministry. And Paul writes to Timothy and he says to him, he says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And he said, The things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And, and then Paul writes to the church of Philippi, and he writes to them, and he says to them in chapter number four and verse number nine, Paul says to them, he says, the things which you learned and the things he said that you've received, the things that you've heard, and the things that you have saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Well, today we're going to talk about passing on the legacy we have built. Somebody said true success produces a successor. I believe that. See, we should not only build something with our lives, but we should also prepare somebody to carry on whatever it is that we have built. That might be a business, that might be a company, it might be a ministry, it could be a godly heritage, it could be, it could be a loving, healthy family. And the list goes on and on. Well, I have two questions today, two questions to ask. And the answer to these questions will help you find direction for the legacy that you want to leave and that you want to continue once you are gone. And the first question is this. Let me ask you this morning, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be remembered for? What is it about you that you do not want people to forget? What is it on that day when, when, when you pass away and that day when they're having that celebration of life, service, for you, what is it that you want the preacher to be able to say about you? What is most important to you? What was your life all about? Hopefully it wasn't just about going to work and coming home and eating a little dinner and watching a little TV and going to bed and getting up and doing the same thing day after day after day after day. What was your life all about? I'm going to answer this question about myself this morning. I hesitated about this, but, but, but I'm sharing this with you in order to help you process this question for yourself. 
There are three things I want people to remember about me. There's a lot of other things, I hope, but I don't have time to share all of those, so I just picked out three. And so, and so there's three things I want to talk about this morning that I want people to remember about me. First of all, I want people to remember me as a faithful man. I want the preacher to be able to say he was faithful. See, I have a problem with people who are inconsistent. I'm not saying I do great at it, but I want to tell you that I strive. I strive for consistency in every part of my life. Almost every single day I pray. In my extended prayer, one of the parts of my prayer is that I pray and I ask God to make me the rock of my family. The dependable one. The consistent one, the reliable one, the go-to person. See, see, I may not be the superstar that shows out, but I can be the faithful one who shows up. In Proverbs 20 and 6, the wisdom writer asks a question. And the question that he asks is, who can find a faithful man? As if they are hard to find. As if, is there a faithful man even to be found? He says, who can find a faithful man? Well, I hope someone can answer this question with my name. 1 Corinthians 4 and 2, Paul says, It is required in stewards that one be found faithful. I hope that part of my legacy is that I met this requirement. But not only do I want to be remembered as a faithful man, but also I want to be known and remembered as a family man. A family man. Because you see, at the end of the day, the two most important things in life are God and family. I know I made plenty of mistakes with my own kids. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they knew their daddy loved them. I'm pretty sure they know their daddy Value them. I'm pretty sure they knew and know that their daddy is very, very, very proud of them. Fact of the matter is, nothing in all of the world gives me as much joy and as much fulfillment as my wife, my children, my grandchildren, hey, even my son-in-law and daughter-in-law, pretty special too. What do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered as a family man. I want people to say about me, he just wouldn't quit talking about his family. He was so proud of his family. You'd think he was the only man that had a family. You'd think nobody had grandkids but him. That's what I want him to say about me. Ephesians 5 and 25 says, Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse 33, it says, Wives, respect your husbands. For over 47 years, my wife has sat on the front row of the church and cheered me on. 
we were elected to a church one time and the church told me they said we elected you because we were so impressed with your cheerleader wife who sat on the front row and said amen and laughed at your corny jokes one thing I know and that is I have job security I have job security because you will keep me around just so you can have her. Psalm 127, verse 3 through 5 says, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. Blessed is the man who has several of them. I loved being a father, I loved being a daddy. I love my kids. And I was so blessed to have such awesome kids. And my kids have always been a blessing to me. And they've always, you know, they were PK, preacher's kids. You know what that means? That means that the church expects more out of them than anybody else. Puts them on a different scale than everybody else. Judges them on a different scale than everybody else. But you know what? They were right there with us. I mean, they were there with us. They were part of the ministry with us. They were faithful. They never whined about going to church. They knew better, but they never did. They were leaders in the church. I remember one time after they were both adults. They are already grown, and they were adults. And I remember saying to them one day, I said, all right. I said, all right, the statute of limitations is passed. You can't get in, into any trouble now. I can't send you to your room. I can't take your keys away from you. Can't ground you. Can't spank you. The statute of limitations is passed now. So tell me what you did as a kid that I didn't know about. I, I want to know what, what you did. I want to know what you got away with. What did you do behind my back? And I didn't catch it. And I just made a list. Smoke, drink, party, drugs. Both of them told me, Dad, never even had one single puff off of a cigarette. I've never had one sip of alcohol. I've never done a single drug. What? I don't know about you, but my slate's not that clean. Make that clean. I'm so proud of my kids. I'm so proud of the adults they have become. I think me and my wife were pretty good parents. I think I think we were pretty good parents. But I look, I look at my son and I look at my daughter and I look at their companions and men. As parents, they blow us out of the water. They are absolutely incredible with their children. And then their ministries. What a powerful anointing. What a powerful anointing. You know, you heard my son speak recently. You hear my daughter sing up here every Sunday. But you know what? I mean, they just have so much to bring to the table. Had a man tell me just the other day. He said, you know what? He said, I am so impressed with your daughter. I said, well, I am too. He said, no, I'm telling you, man. He said, I'm telling you. We were in a, we were in a, in a group of, uh, and we were brainstorming. And he said, you know who had the best ideas? I said, yeah, I know who had the best ideas. 
He said, we took more of her ideas than we took of anybody's ideas. Man, she's a rock star. I know it. Takes after her daddy. Hey, man, she's awesome. Hey, what do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered as a faithful man. I want to be remembered as a family man. And I want to be remembered as a fruitful man. Matthew 16 and 27, Jesus will reward each of us according to our works. I don't see participation award there. Revelation 22 and 12, Jesus said, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me. Notice this, to give to every man. Notice according to, say according to. According to, according to what? According to his work. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 3 and 8, he said, each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Listen, we are saved by grace and grace alone. Grace is a part of our salvation, but I'm telling you this morning that even though we are saved by grace, we are going to be rewarded because of our works. Works won't make us saved or lost. What we do with Jesus makes us saved or lost. But listen, listen, where we stand in heaven and where we are in heaven and the rewards that we receive in heaven will be based upon what we do with what God gives us. So I want to be remembered as a man who was fruitful. He left something behind. He left evidence that he was here. He built something. He moved some things forward. Things were better when he left than they were when he came. He left his mark. His influence and the impact that he made will be missed. You've yet to hear my best sermon. Because I will preach my best. You know, most preachers, when they resign a church, and they give two, three, four weeks notice, and they just kind of coast those two, three, four weeks. I don't do that. You had not heard my best sermon yet, because my best sermon is going to be my last sermon. Because I want to be missed. I want you to remember me. What do you want to be remembered for? Are you going to leave a legacy? Will you be missed when you're gone? Two questions that I'm asking today. Question number one, what do you want to be remembered for? Question number two this morning is this. What do you want to remain after you are gone? What is it that you want to remain after you are gone? Now, once again, I'm going to answer this question for myself, so hopefully it will help you answer it for yourself. A lot of things I want to remain after I'm gone, but I only have time for three. So these are three things I want to remain after I'm gone. Three things that I have hopefully poured into you and inspired you with. The first one is the passion I tried to portray. The passion I tried to portray. The passion that I have for God. The passion I have for my family. The passion that I have for ministry. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. I just believe that if something is worth doing, it's worth doing with passion. 
It's, it's worth 110% effort. Oh, oh, pull out all of the stops, I say. Go for it with everything you have. See, see I might not be the greatest, but I can grind. I might not be able to do it pretty, but I can do it with passion. May I just be honest and transparent? For the last 10 years, I've really struggled. And I fail more than I succeed in this area. Today, speakers are more, are more popular than preachers. Their books say I'm supposed to be a communicator, not a preacher. Communicator is the buzzword of our day today. But I love what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah said in chapter 20 and verse number 9, he said his word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire, he said. Shut up in my bones. And he said, I'm worn out. Oh, yeah. Preaching will wear you out, Jeremiah. It will. Passion, preaching, passion. It will. Yeah, you're worn out from putting it out, right? No. No, that's not what he said. Jeremiah said his word burns in my heart like a fire. He said it's like a fire shut up in my bones. He said I am worn out trying to hold it in. I'm worn out because there's passion in there. And I'm worn out holding back and holding it in. And finally he said, I can't do it. I guess I should be called Michael Jeremiah. I don't know. Because I do pretty good for a while. And then I just can't do it. Because I'm telling you, there is a fire shut up in my bones. And I'm not just talking about style. I'm, I, you know, everybody, you know, in every style out there, you know, there's a mega church with every style preacher in the world out there. I'm not talking about style. I'm not talking about volume. But I'm talking about passion. Passion. Oh, if you're going to be a communicator, okay, but show me some passion. Show me some passion. Are you passionate about something? See, I'd still rather be passionate than popular. I'd rather be powerful than praised. What do you want to remain after you are gone? My answer, the passion I tried to portray, the passion that I have for my God. I've been serving God nearly all of my life. And I want to tell you, I'm more in love with Jesus today than I've ever been in my life. I'm passionate for Jesus. The passion I have for my family. Oh, oh man, I tell you, my family, my, my wife, my son, my daughter, their companions, my granddaughters, my grandson. Have I told you about my grandson? Chad and I took him golfing for the first time the other day. He's four years old. He wasn't all that excited about golf, but he loved the golf cart. And he sat on Papa's lap and rode the car, drove the cart. 
and he's four and he's little and I'm trying to help him he said I can do it his little old legs barely barely touched the accelerator and so I try and help him he said I got it and the passion that I have for ministry over 47 years that I've been in ministry. Listen, you don't hear me singing the blues. Talk to this staff. I'm not whining, whining about church and whining about problems and whining about the... Listen, I'm still in love with ministry. I still love to study. I still love God's Word. I still love to pray. I still like to be in the presence of Almighty God. I still love to preach and to teach and to minister. I still like it when people call me and say, hey, I'd like to run something by, by you. I need your, I need your input. I need your help. I'm still passionate about ministry. What do you want to remain after you're gone? Well, I want, to rem- I want the passion I tried to portray to remain. I want the principles I taught. The principles I taught to remain. Philippians 4 and 9, one more time. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. For nearly 17 years, in April, it'll be 17 years. For nearly 17 years, I've tried to preach and teach to you the practical principles of God's Word. Listen, maybe the reason why God isn't answering your prayers is because He's already given us the answer in His Word. And the main reason why we have the needs we have and why we're in the situation that we find ourselves in, maybe it is because we we have not instilled these practical principles into our lives. I've given you practical biblical principles for marriage, finances, leadership, parenting. I've taught you how to give. I've taught you how to care. I've taught you how to pray, and the list could continue. I purposely repeat these subjects over and over, not preaching the same sermons. I haven't repeated a sermon in over 16 years, not preaching the same sermons, but, but using different sermons and different lessons on some of the very same subjects. Why? Because I want these principles that I've taught to remain with you Long after I am gone. Why do you want to remain after you are gone? For me, three things. The passion I tried to portray. The principles I taught. And third, the proverbs I spoke. Now, because I'm Mr. Practical, that's one of my nicknames from my wife. Because I'm Mr. Practical, the book of Proverbs is one of my very favorite books in the Bible. I read a chapter out of Proverbs almost every single day. See, see the man who was said to be the wisest man to ever live wrote most of them. How many would think if you need wisdom, you ought to read after somebody that is wise? Let me give you a definition. A proverb is a short, pithy saying Stating a general truth or piece of advice. Now, just as Solomon had hundreds, perhaps thousands of them, I have my share of them as well. Now, I'm certainly not saying that mine are equal to Solomon's. I'm just simply saying I have my share of them too. Didn't say they were good. I just said I have them. Now, most of the ones... Uh, that I use are original, but I have picked up some from other people along the way as well. Let me remind you of some of them. Here is a partial list of pastor's proverbs. 
If he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. The purpose of the gain is to, to give. A God idea will work. A good idea will, will work you. Be grateful where you are on the way to where you are going. It's about the Savior, not the song. A church that's inward focus is out of focus. Go where you are celebrated, not where you are tolerated. Ministry is about people, not about a program. Jesus isn't coming until his church gets going. Jesus fills us up to send us out. It's a plan, not a promise. Never sacrifice what you want most for what you want now. And if you always do what you've always done, you'll always, you'll always get what you've always got. And the greatest indicator of what a person will do is what they have done. I think you're getting them. Well, this front row is they've heard them all their life. Amen. What do I want to remain after I am gone? The Proverbs that I spoke. Our takeaway today, and this is pretty good right here, I think. Invest more of your life in making memories than in making money. And finally, leave behind more reasons to live life for than resources to live life with. Do you agree this morning? Father, I just pray that you'll take this word that has been shared this morning. Lord, not the sermon, but the true, true word of God that has, that has come forth today. Lord, let your word, Father, Lord, let it be what it needs to be, God. Help us, Father, not to be simply hearers, but let us be doers of your word as well. In Jesus' name.